Welcome back, everyone. Four Fit Podcast. Metal Matt here. We got the Big John Stud. We got the J Lo with another homemade margarita. Absolutely. Well, this one is a margarita. The other one was just two thirds of a bottle of just straight tequila. Yeah. At least that has some margarita in it. Yes. There's there's some triple second lime in this one. That's tasty. So before we get to the birds, um, well, let's get to some topics that we wanted to touch on last episode, but, um, you know, our anger and angst and frustration took over and we kind of ran out of time. Um, this Ben Simmons, Simmons saga, fellas, um, new reports have come out. Uh, Jesse, you sent an article uh, probably about within the hour yeah. um, talking about how the uh, reality starting to set in for this young buck um, and how, uh, you know, it's starting to not only hit his, hit his, uh, his mind, but his wallet uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and hit pretty heavy. Right. So he's so far, he sat out all of, uh, all of training camp, uh-huh. um, which he endured, you know, some fines, um, little light, you know, little light hits there, but the, the, the big one came, um, after not, um, reporting for their first preseason game on Monday night, which was a pretty heavy hitter. I mean, almost, but what was that? Almost 500,000 27 yesterday was 227 360 though. I think the article says so something. like, but, he, but I mean, he was fined for 360,000 yeah. for Monday night's uh, preseason game. So in in Ben Simmons, that's a Ferrari. That's a Ferrari he can't buy. And you know what they should do? They should put that money. They should they should have someone like randomly picked at the game, and they win Ben Simmons' salary. Well, apparently they put it in escrow, and I think the the as the the fines. The, I think that they're going to do something for like for the team or whatever. Well, with they, the, well, yeah, they put the well, they put eight. To eight point two five million that he would have been paid yeah, yep. camp. And so, they're pulling out of that the fines. Yeah, and then that money will I think be done to something for the something for like the team or, or something. Yeah, teams or charity, like the I league, just loved the how I just loved how um how he goes to the players association and stomps his feet and thinks that, you know, that's gonna do anything. And yeah, and like we've been saying on here, and like I've been saying. The Players Association, probably behind closed doors, is like, don't fuck this up, man. Don't yeah. fuck this up because they don't – they know what's coming. And like in that same well, article – a bad look for all of them. Yeah, and in that same article, they talk about how front office people are starting to be like, what the fuck is going on? We're signing these young kids to, to, to max money deals, and this – the whole part of this – this contract apparatus was to allow us to go over the cap to sign young emerging stars in small markets and keep them all from going to New York or all going to L.A., all going to, to some other place. That was the whole point of this. And now these these kids with these agents are just being like, no, I don't want to play here anymore. Trade me. And with this guaranteed money, there's nothing the owners can do. And, they're well, and their strategy is to just pull shenanigans until yeah. – with the hope that the ownership will just, you know, break and and be like, we don't want to deal with this anymore. Let's well, just get rid of them. And you will see that 
some owners are going to do that, but the, the, and I'm guessing well, we have seen it. Yeah. We have seen the, the thing that none of these, none of the players are seeing and the agents don't give a shit like clutch sports are the biggest bunch of clowns. (laughs) So they took that sweet commission from, from Simmons. Clown sports. (laughs) Clown sports. So they took that sweet, sweet, commission (laughs) they're they're giving him terrible advice and didn't even bother to check what would he get this money back so if you're ben simmons you're like cool cool guys you you told me to like you know not report and everything be fine i'm already down to almost a million dollars probably in fines at this point i'm gonna be fined you know quarter million half million dollars every game like, what the fuck are you doing for me? And you, you, it's not like I can get that part of my, com- your commission back. And what's it going to look like if Ben Simmons, like, tucks his tail between his legs and walks into. Oh, he's going to get. <laughs> to the Camden waterfront. I mean, there's going to be an allegiance of, of fans there ready to, like, throw, like, rotten, rotten vegetables at him. And let's not forget that this, a lot of this grudge the rumors are is is because of clutch and um what's it drew holiday for that the lawsuit uh because the sixers were a witness in the deposition in that lawsuit because they testified that they were going to give him x amount of money and the rich paul lied to him and never told him about it or whatever so like he's now suing him for all of that money he lost and that bad, the, the shitty advice that they gave him. Are oh, you talking so, about New Orleans Noel? I'm sorry. Yeah. New Orleans. Okay. All right. I was like, who drew, they were going to give Drew. Yeah, I was going to say one. Drew. Oh, Holiday, yeah. Yeah. Nothing went down with Drew. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was, it was, but like, so that lawsuit, the whole grudge is now from that. So he's just a means to an end to, to stick it to the Sixers after they, you know, they, he feels like they screwed him. So it's like, this dude is starting to look like a clown. So God knows how much longer clown sports is going to be around. No, they're going to go anywhere. But LeBron ain't going to play forever. No, but, but he'll have some juice. I, well, the, the thing that sucks with the Ben thing is you already paid him $18 million a couple of weeks ago. Like the kid got an $18 million check from us already this year from the Sixers. Yeah, so, but – uh, I mean, yeah, he'll lose another 18. He'll, he'll take, I think he's making 37 or 38 this year. So he might lose $20 million if he holds out this year, but, you know. Don't, but Bill, don't forget that the lead, that there are now rumors that the commissioner might get involved and the commissioner can levy fines. Well, I mean, I think what's going to happen is event, you know, within the next, I'm going to say, 5 to 15, maybe 20 days, he's going to show up. And maybe at first he'll have like an injury or have a type at like they'll figure it out. And he might even play like a road game or two, but eventually he's going to come back because I think what you said to touch on it earlier is like, this has given Ben some really big black eyes to where teams aren't going to mortgage their future for you. Knowing that, I mean, Joel said it. Cause I mean, when national guys actually support Philadelphia, like as a franchise, six as a friend, it's like, you know, Somebody really fucked up because even the national guys, I don't even need to name names, but a few of them are just saying the same thing. Like, let Joel did. They, we got rid of Jimmy Buckets for you. If we had Jimmy Buckets on this team today, yeah, we, we adjusted. We made every adjustment like, to fit everything his, to do his strengths. Other than not, uh, other than we told you Joel's centerpiece because Joel's an MVP candidate. Like he has that skill set. 
you haven't showed that yet. So, I, and I mean, his talent will trump out because he is that good. And he still will play in the league for 10 years if he wants to. But I, I, I definitely think he's going to a small market like Pacers or Timberwolves. Like, I don't see any major market team. A, they don't have the assets. And B, they don't want to deal with that bullshit. Like, if you're going to act like this, like, you better be really a top-tier player. Mm-hmm. And he, an all borderline all-star player. He gets in because it's a voting thing with fans. But, I mean, he's very good. He, he, like, I think he's a top-30 player. There's only there's only like five players in the league that would be um that would have would be excused for this type of behavior yeah, like if they were in the situation. Like Steph, LeBron's of the world, those and guys. Ben's not one of them. KD. I mean I mean we've seen it with Kyrie, like, you know, that's the other thing too. It's like I know KD put his foot down, but I'm just putting it out there and I and I don't know how I would feel. Would you want a Ben for Kyrie trade? Dude, Kyrie uh, Woj just tweeted that he hasn't figured out what he's going to do yet about his vaccine. And there's the the organization, he he wants to be accommodated to be a part-time player. Yeah, basically, because you can't, New York has a mandate for that. So well, with the amount of games that he already misses, you could probably justify him as a part-time player for the past like three seasons. But, but what? But, I mean, you're right, though. This all leads to the uh, the fact that this is getting out of, you know, the players are controlling a lot, which is fine. I think they should be able to have some more juice. But this is kind of getting to be where – now, this is a little unique situation with the pandemic, but we're seeing that, you know, is anything else. I mean, if you give in the players' demands, and that's – I guess it sucks that we might lose our one of our best assets for pennies on the dollar, but – I really don't want Maury and Harris to back in. Like, dig your heels nope. in. Like, you gave this guy a lot of money. You committed to this guy as a player, financially and on the court. He had a bad series. And, yeah, Docs should have said what he said. Joel probably should have bit his tongue a little better after the interviews, after game seven. But other than that, this guy's had has been supported. So, F it, man. Go to the mattresses with this one. Like, well, and, and like I've been saying – the the league can opt out of the CBA in the 2022-20 after 2022 season. They can opt out of the CBA and lock the gates and lock all these players out. And if you don't think for one second that these guys aren't getting fed the fuck up with the with this shit that's going on, just wait because you ain't going to get basketball in 2024. That I mean, I got four back. words from the NBA. Lace them up, warlocks. Lace oh boy! Years. The world don't want to see that. It's like the, uh, that's a big another thirty for thirty. The, that the warlocks could fill. Get. I mean, I mean, we could have the malice in the palace. Let's bring Bob back for the malice in the we'd, palace. We'd set the record for the most beer bellies on one on one team. <laughs> and technicals. And tacticals. And look, they shot 87 threes and taken two inside the three point lane. They're all playing Derek Coleman ball, three to three line. And they're still in the game. They're still in this. They can still come back and win. We would sell tickets. If they go on a 64-0 run in the third quarter, they have a shot. Yep. No, I mean, I mean, you you kind of alluded to my the point I wanted to make, Bill, was like with the way that the series ended for Ben Simmons last season, and the fact that the league knows that he doesn't he has an issue with wanting to shoot the ball and adhere to, you know, um, 
you know, listening to any sort of coach or any sort of higher authority, I, I don't see how sitting out like helps his situation. Well, that's one of the things they say that he's in his like circle where he doesn't talk to anybody, like not in his circle for the most part. Oh, so he's, he doesn't talk to anyone that doesn't powder his ass. He's coddled basically. And that's why they said he's not really coachable because everybody says the same thing. You make 30 million a year already. You be you don't worry about what they say, you know, because it's like I wanted to send the picture, but I couldn't. I was reading an article about what you know something about this one one of the million that they put out, and it had a picture of the the pass he made on their basket with Trey with Trey Young. And I mean, I've watched the replay twenty times, and I've seen it whatever more than that probably. But the picture that the guy gets on, on the court, the the, the the like the like I don't, I don't know how you want to call it like actual like on the ground shot. Yeah, the angle. You see Ben with the ball at the rim. Mm-hmm. And Trey's bent over, and Trey's head is at like Ben's belly button. It's ridiculous. Sees it, and he still goes to pay. It's like, like the picture. Like I can't even comment on. Like he's not even like he's like an ant to you, and you seem to dunk the ball, and you throw it out to a guy who's not really even a great shooter yet. And Matisse, like, part of me almost thinks that like he's not shooting as like a fuck you to everybody almost at this point, like. Well, now, I don't understand I mean, it. Like the league, the league remembers that, and and that's what the one of the last things that the league has has in their head about Ben Simmons. But you know, being on the on the basketball court in a competitive game, and I just don't see how. I just don't see how. Dude, holding the, out and not playing. Like helps he's him. getting made fun of on TV. He's getting made fun of and mocked by other players. He's getting mocked on the news. He's getting he doesn't mocked. Care, dude. He doesn't well, give a shit about all that. This kid's 20-some years old. He's got roughly, what, $56 million in cash that he's made in his last five years of being in the NBA. And that's just being in the NBA. And that's just NBA money. Doesn't, that doesn't tell you what Nike gave him and all this other crap. He doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. The biggest thing that his problem is going to be is – I, what I think Jesse was sort of alluding to is maybe the next team. Yeah. Like you're going to show up to, let's just throw out a name there. You're going to show up to the Timberwolves. We're going to trade you to the Timberwolves. And then what? You're going to be, those other 11 guys on the team are going to be like, yo, dude, are you going to, are you going to shape up or ship out of here? Like, what do you, what is your deal? Are you mm-hmm. going to shoot? Or is it a clutch game? Are you going to be a guy that's going to, you know, or is everyone going to pussyfoot, pardon my French, around him? And, and no like, offense to Minnesota right now, but it's it's basically basketball Siberia. Well, I, yeah, I mean, insert well, and, insert team that would be interested in a trade here: Sacramento, well, uh, Pacers, Houston, anybody. The uh, I almost forgot it. The one the one part of that article they talked about one of the one of the arguments that these clowns at his agency said was you know most of the time when these elite level prospects get drafted. They don't end up in a marquee market. Well, so they, no, they, 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 yeah, they end up on a bad team in a smaller yeah. market or a bad team in a big market that has just been like the Knicks. Like they just can't get it right. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're his, so I then guess, they pull these shenanigans thinking that like, you know, ownership's going to bulk. Well, no, it was the way that they were, the, their argument wasn't that their argument was basically, Hey, 
it's not his fault he got drafted to a big market team and they wanted him to to be an elite player right off the bat. He should have gotten those years to learn. And that's like, okay, cool. I, I get that a little bit. But yeah. like he signed an extension to stay here at max money. So that argument then goes out the window. It's like shape up or ship up, asshole. And now it's like, well, we didn't get a time to learn how to do this. So you should trade us to somewhere else. It's like, fuck you. And the fact that the Sixers are are showing at least a little bit of a spine right now, let this fucking get let and and John, yes, he's made a lot of money. And yes, he's got endorsements right now. But in a year or so, when those endorsements dry up, is Nike gonna want to hitch their wagon to this fucking Jamoke? No, like no, I the, said the, last the, night, we're gonna see him on Dancing with the Stars. Now, yeah, the, like the, the what will ultimately happen, like every negotiation, it's happened with you guys like Darrell Revis and Bo Jackson and numerous other different stars and different sporting, you know, genres, it, it comes to an impasse at, at some point, the Sixers are going to want to move on at some point, Ben Simmons is going to want to move on and it's going to be like, all right, I'm going to eat shit. And someone's going to eat shit or both are going to eat shit. Cause like, listen, like if you got to the point in this season where maybe the Sixers are playing, okay, you, you got, you don't want to every press conference here has anyone heard from ben has any you know what i mean like it's going to be such a distraction you know what i mean it's it's very um and, and from philly sports perspective in the media it's going to be an uber distraction over the next so many months until they figure this out so it behooves the sixers yes to sort of stake their claim and 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 hold court no pun intended but at the same token you have to understand too that like it's also going to really look bad in the rest of NBA players' minds to go to the Sixers. And I know that sounds like a really weird thing to say, but the the players the players do, I think, sort of stick together when it comes to contracts. And regardless of whether Ben's being a baby or whatever, if 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 Philadelphia basketball is sort of looked at in like a, a cloud, it's going to be hard to get big name free agents to come here, in my yep. opinion. I mean, John, hard, though, got John, rid of Jimmy Butler to paid for Tobias. And uh, listen, I think, listen, I, I know what you're saying, but I think they, that's already hard. And they, I don't they, think, well, you yeah. they powdered this kid's ass and they got rid of Jimmy Butler to make Ben happy. And then a year later, a year later, that's not enough. And now he wants to leave. I, uh, if, I'm if not defending the guy, but, but, but no, but if, 2020. but if there are players that are like, you know, they were really unfair to Ben Simmons by checking, you know, it's let me check my notes, getting rid of the second best player on their team, giving him a max money deal and fuck this guy. I'll go sign with them. Like, well, listen, if Jimmy Butler wanted to be here, Jimmy Butler would be here. It's, it takes two to tango. It takes two to tango. Listen, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you know, he wanted a max deal and there's still that, did we really offer him a max deal or not? I mean, there's still reports that, Say well, yes, we did, and as reports that say no, we didn't. We offered him like a two-year deal with the max money, but we didn't offer him that four-year supermax deal. So, but I think what I will say with the Sixers is, um, you know, I, I I think the team needs to just needs to move on, and I think the team can win can win games in the regular season without Ben. Um, yeah. Just I think Bikes got to play better, and then I think the other thing I was going to say um, as well is supposedly, and again, who the fuck knows with all these reports, you know, you got guys like Windbag talking and stuff, but um, 
supposedly at any given point, like we could pull the trigger for like CJ McCollum if we wanted that trade. And there's a few trades out there. Like we could get Brogdon and Sabonis from the Pacers if we wanted. And like, there's a few trades out there. Apparently we'll get McCollum and a few pieces from, from Portland. If you know, for Ben. So, but we're holding on for Dame or Beal. And I think that's really where Daryl's at is once he knows those two things might not happen, then it'll be gone. Like, it's just that simple. I think it's, <coughs> I think they really did, pardon me, try to bring him back to play this through this, at least to sh- showcase his value. And then maybe, because I mean, he's his friends with a few guys on the team. Um, you know, you get back and swing at things. Maybe you get, you know, you kind of, everything else, you're a young guy. Like you said, John, he's 24, 25. At that age, you know, you're full of piss and vinegar. So, you know, it's everything else. It's like, you know, your head's strong. You know how everything goes. But when you get back here, you're winning games. You know, it could be fun again. But that it seems to be that ship has sailed. So I think, and again, this is just sort of hoping from his, his years of being successful GM is that once, uh, and the other factor is too, it's like after the first 20 games of the season, 30 games, teams that maybe are supposed to win, say the Bulls, say the Bulls fall off quick. Maybe we get Zach Levine out of this. I would fucking love Zach Levine for Ben. Like to me, that's one of the best case scenarios. So have, I think any of you guys seen the show Showtime special on Ben Simmons when he was in college? I, I honestly I can't bring myself no. to Showtime, but like well, I, you should you should watch it because if after watching that you would just be like, oh, okay, now I know why this guy's acting like this. And like from the very first time I saw that he left a bad taste in my mouth. No, and I can see that you've never. Well, and that was, that was one of the dark clouds swirling, even, you know, leading up to before we drafted him. I remember there, a lot of people were coming out with reports about character issues with him and locker room, big time locker room issues. Yeah. He, he basically, if you watch the the special, he didn't, I want to say he didn't play his last couple games at LSU or something like, he was going to pull like a LaMelo ball, go across overseas and play because he just didn't want to do the whole college thing. Well, yeah. once LSU wasn't going to make the tournament, he stopped playing basically. Yeah, like, didn't they could have made, they could have made like the, the lower win their last game and they, and they would have won, they would have got in, but they didn't. Because he didn't play, right? Yeah. It was the, I guess, SEC tournament or whatever. And they Look, didn't I, one, of the, one of the best one of the best remedies for any sort of this drama like this is win winning. So let's hope that the Sixers start off on the on a good foot. I mean, we drafted a pretty decent player last year in the first round, and that young kid, every time he was given opportunities, he seemed to to rise to the occasion. And it looks like there he might just have just another slew of opportunities, you know, in right in front of them here, you know, in, in becoming a, a starter for this team. I don't know. We'll see, but, um, you know, I, I think winning, 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 you know, so- soothes a lot of pain, um, and a lot of issues and, and it can make things sort of go away. So I'm not saying it's going to be the, 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 the the cure to to the Ben Simmons, um, you know, disease we have going on right now in in the locker room, but um, yeah, winning does a lot of things. So let's just well, hope that they get off to a solid start and they use it as as um, 
as motivation to, to play well. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, Ben will see that and maybe he'll want to be a part of that again. Like you said, John, the kid's young, you know, maybe it's, maybe it'll, maybe it'll help him kind of come around and, and, uh, you know, if the Sixers, you know, some of the guys that he's friends with and on this team, keep reaching out to him, you know, it might coax. Oh, he's never back coming and, back here. Oh, he ain't never know? coming back here. You could, you could kiss that, that dream goodbye. Yeah. There's no, no way he's coming that, back here. And that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I was, I was ready to cut bait with him, but you know, before all this started and I knew if things went South, you know, this, this last playoff run that he was going to be, there was going to be issues with him because, you know, with Maury trying to, you know, put him on the trade block earlier in the year, last year, I think that that left a really sour taste in, in his, in his mouth and in, in, in his agent's mouth. So I think, um, I don't know. I, it, we, I think looking back, if we look at, back at last season and, and the certain events that have, that, that happened leading up to this, we probably would be like, you know what, we could have, we could have seen the, the, the writing on the wall sure. um, a lot, a lot earlier than, than anticipated. But the, the problem with the, not the problem, but the situation that the Sixers are going to have is if they do want to play hardball, it's going to be, okay, at what point can we get something? Yep. And listen, I know people, you guys are saying like CJ McCollum, like, is that better than nothing for Ben? Like, I don't know. But like, if you can't capitalize on the value that at least he has, because he does have some sort of value. But if you, if, if you can't to build. He does, point, but it's just moving him to the right team. I don't even think at this point Ben Simmons is going to get you those two marquee superstar players. And then if that's the case, and then you got to throw in a guy like Tyrese or Matisse. Well, that's what it is. And, and then picks. Tyrese then, or then what? Then you're, then you're just killing your last two drafts. Right? Well, if we want Damon Beal, it's gonna, we're going to kill our last two drafts. Basically, yeah. Right. But, but I mean, if that, if that could have happened, that would have happened already. Well, no, I mean, both Damon Beal don't really want to leave yet, but I think right. they both, like with Damon at least, if the Blazers are 10 and 10 and 7th in the West, He's not about that, and he's already not about Chauncey. He didn't, he he really wasn't consulted on that, and that like I think he's he's one of those guys that like probably won't leave Portland, and that's the kind of guy like 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 Joel. Like Joel's not going to leave really leave Philly. I don't think Joel will ever play anywhere but Philly, in my opinion. Um, I think he'll play here until he retires, um, whether that's ten years, five years, due to whatever. Um, and that's nice to see. Like I kind of miss that, like a player being committed to a city, but it also at some point, you know, when Dame's been there 10 years now, you know, if you're, if you're saying, Hey, six, sixers are a three or four seed in the East and with, with, with no Ben and Joel dominating, come play here. We can maybe hang with the Nets. So, you know, I, I think those are the things where Bradley Beal of the wizards, because I hear a lot about that, how like wizard fans kind of are okay with Ben because they're ready to rebuild because, Apparently their roster is filled with guys that are like B-level guys that don't get the opportunity to do things because Beal's a big-time shooter. So I think there are fits. It's just, you know, I think it's 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 just people, players goes back to John's was said, and I think it's true. And, and I don't think it's because the situation with Ben, but it's players wanting to come to Philly and play. 
tough area to play. A lot of fans, you know, other team stars get abused here. And, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like we abuse people so much when they're available for trade, they don't want to come here because it's like, ah, fuck Philly. They shit on me every time I go there. But, you know, um, it goes back to John. Maybe if we were better fans, guys would want to come here a little bit more. Maybe if we respected guys, instead of always being haters, like, oh, you're not Philly, fuck you. It's like, it's a hey, tough love. It's a tough love. Some guys understand that and some guys don't, and that's fine. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I, then, then you know what? If that's the case that Philly is such a hard town to play for, then shame on the organizations that bring these young guys in and don't explain, teach, and try to educate them to understand what Philly sports is all about. Because it's really not that difficult to understand. Like, do your job, you know, don't be a fuckhead, and, like, pl- give 110%. Like, it's, it's not – and then, of course, on top of that, win – well, it's easy. If you're given 110, percent Joel Embiid would have been loved even more so than he may have been maybe now, because if you remember back in the day, it was well, it's Joel Embiid's problem. He's overweight. He's eating in and out burgers and Chick Fil A yep. and all this crap, and he's coming out of shape. Right? It was all on him, and then all of a sudden something changed in him where he was like, "Well, I either got to shape up or ship out here. Either this town's going to hate me or they're going to love me." So I better get my shit together. And he sort of did to it to a certain extent. He played great last year, right? He played really well. But with Ben, you know, it's 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 not even the forget the Instagram summer jump shot stories. It's 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 going to the game and listening to your coach. And and then on top of that's the fans. Like, you know, listen, I understand how difficult of a place it would be to play. I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like to play, but when you're given $200 million and a city that will love you for, for just trying as hard as you possibly can, why aren't you trying hard as possibly can? Is because you're making 200 million is because you don't care. Like, See, what I, is it? Yeah, I said it. You know? I've said it. I've said it time and time again. You look up into those stands every night at the Wells Fargo center and the Sixers home game. And, and mind you, you know, we got a lot of national credibility for being a home, a hometown, a, a place where, you know, the, the road team, you know, doesn't want to come here because of our of our home record. I mean, we have one of the best, if not the best home record in the last like, you know, two, three seasons. I mean, the Sixers did not lose in the Wells Fargo center. And there's a good reason for that. And, and, you know, you look up into those stands and, I, you know, during warmups, if Ben Simmons was had half a brain, he would see if it wasn't number 21 jerseys people were wearing, it was 25 jerseys. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand where he, you know, for him to even, you know, think that, like, you know, he's not feeling the love here or if it was, you know, because of the fans, you know, him not want, wanting to be here and not getting the love. I don't, I will never understand that. I mean, and, if, and he was drafted, Matt, like number one, like number one, he, he came to Philly. Number one, out the red carpet for like, this got hurt rookie of the year, whatever. That's got argu- hurt. Never arguably hurt, never heard anything. We were patient. We trusted right. the process, right? We right. trusted the process. 
And <clears throat> and what did this city give him? Nothing but all right, let's go. We're behind you. You Standing know, ovation for hitting a free a free throw. Sure, like like yeah, basic basic things. And like, what did you do for us? What did you do for us? Like all those people that we, I mean, we always joke about like the $13 beers and the $20 to park and their hard earned money to pay for your salary. And then what you show up and like, you can't hit a jump shot because of what, whatever reason, like, listen, if he even came out yeah. and said it was because of my mental health, I think people would have a little bit of remorse and empathy for the guy, but just to do it and and not like just to go on the summertime Instagram videos and kind of gloat that his shots up and then come fast forward to the regular season and he doesn't do it is kind of like a screw you to everyone. And it's a shame on us for really accepting it for so long. I mean, it was kind of like, when is this going to happen? I mean, Christ, I remember in, in when we were all together in, in Bill's studio in the basement, like, listen, we were arguing like this guy needs to shoot. This guy, our, our NBA insider Joe Dark talked about it. Here we you know? go. It, it, the, he, the guy's got to shoot, and he just never did it. And we're, we're in a conundrum now where the guy wants all his money, doesn't want to play here anymore, and still doesn't want to shoot. So I think even the, at this point, I don't even see his value at this point. You'd be lucky to get forget CJ McCollum. You, you're better off getting um, CJ Miles. <laughs> well, you know what I think. You know what I think um, helped mask all this for a while, John. Is what you what you mentioned. You know, a couple minutes ago. You know, we were so focused on Joel being fat, Joel being out of shape, not you having know, the right the coach. process, not having the right coach, and then we had another guy in on this roster that we Need drafted shooters. very high, and he forgot how to shoot. So that was a conundrum. And while that was all going on, Ben Simmons was just chilling. You know, no yeah. one really, no one really, you know, gave him a hard time or anything like that because you know what? He was putting up decent numbers. All along, we knew in the back of our minds, like there were, you know, he had a lot to improve upon his game and jump shot was one of it. And also the turnovers. But, you know, there were bigger, there were bigger issues right going on. So it was all kind of like brushed away. But then as Joel got in shape, Joel got, you know, his act started getting his act together, started putting up MVP numbers, started becoming, you know, more of a shining star in the league. It was like, okay, we don't really have to worry about Joel so much. Okay. We, we traded away the one guy who forgot how to shoot, you know, to another team. So like, we didn't have to worry about that guy anymore. Okay. So now, you know, it just, you know, all the things that were we were all kind of worried about. Then, it, that, then you know, some of the pressure started to go, you know, coming getting getting on Ben, especially when we come up short a couple times in the, in the playoffs. And you know, I think it's 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 not that hard, right? Like, if you lose, and there's many teams that lose time and time again in the playoffs, right? And they come up short. And there's and they go into the playoffs with high expectations, but it's how you handle yourself and how you conduct yourself and pick yourself up and go into the next season, right? And instead of owning up and saying, you know what, we came up short, we let you guys down, but my, you know, rest assured, I will do everything in my power 
training training starts tomorrow, you know. But we didn't get that from him, right? We got silence. We got you know rumors of him holding out. We've got you know all the all the Instagram feed of of him rushing out of Philly and and all these rumors swirling around. And then w- what happens? He does move out of Philly. Uh, he does he does demand a trade. He doesn't want to speak to his teammates. He doesn't want to speak to his coach. He doesn't want to speak to the people who paid him, you know, how many millions, squillions of, of dollars, you know, um, based on his potential, not anything that he actually produced on the court yet. So, like, I mean, it's yeah, it's just it's just it's just frustrating beyond belief to to to, to think that, like. You know, it, it has anything to do with this city at this point because we've yeah, that's done. A, that's I mean, a cop out. It's a cop out. I but mean, and, but the biggest thing to that, Matt, is you know I understand the, the point of the city and the fans, and I get that, and I think we all understand how difficult of a place it is to play. But the more we talk about this, the less I get frustrated with Ben Simmons, and the more I get frustrated with this organization because for as much as we kill other organizations in this city, the Sixers cultivated this issue. They gave the guy the contract on what? The potential, like you just said, a a commitment, a, a coddling environment that didn't hold him accountable. And as a 20-some-year-old kid, with a close to 50 some millions of dollars now and I'm unhappy, you kind of ought to understand like, this is probably where an immature person would act, how an immature person would act about it. Like he, he's, he's been coddled. He hasn't been held accountable and, and what, and you've given him everything. So what, what did everyone expect? I mean, he, the guy's face was plastered on billboards, Sports Illustrated with the with the with the Jimmy Butler and the you know that big big five uh, big four uh, uh, cover they did, and you know Rookie of the Year, all this stuff, red carpet, everything. And what did he do for for the Sixers? Absolutely nothing. You brought up Markel Fultz; it's a perfect example. Probably said, and, and I think Bill's even said this before too. Like we. I remember Bill joking around. Ah, he's going to LA once his contract's up. Like we we've predicted this for the last three or four years. I don't contract's know, not even up yet, and he's in LA. <laughs> right, right. And it's like we all we all sort of saw it, but at the same token, we kind of like we're blind to the fact because yeah, I think of the Markel Fultz situation, the Joel Embiid shape injury issues, the the Jimmy Butler doesn't get along with the coach. Um, and that was our, our 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 missing piece, and we and all the trades we made to get the bias, and J, and then JJ Redick signing here. We had a good team. We had a really good team, and then this all kind of goes to shit. The more and more this all rolls out, you know, and you brought it up like the cut with the coddling and the enabling, like the more and more it just seems like I can just picture it. You got someone. With that, with that dog in him, and that competitive edge, and that Mamba mentality, like like Jimmy Butler, he steps into that film room, and and I can just see Brett Brown being like, 
I don't, what do you think, Jimmy? Why did we lose? Why did we lose the last three games? And Jimmy just rips him, rips the whole room a new asshole. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that's not our culture. You know, it's like, and then Jimmy Butler's no, no longer here. You know, right. it's like, I, I, I it, the more and more of these things, these scenarios and all this stuff and how this team is, has, is shaping out and the dust is settling. It's like, the more I can see, like Jimmy Butler probably got there and was like, what the hell are you guys doing here? It's a and look at where he is now. He's in Miami heat. Who runs the Miami heat? One of the most hard nosed competitive dudes in NBA history, Pat Riley. And, and Matt, that's a testament to good teams, good organizations, Getting multiple personalities, we'll, we'll use the term big threes, big twos, big fours, yep. and sort of having them all work together, right? You look at a guy like Frank Vogel, look at the amount of egos and superstardom that he's got to deal with in an 82-game season. Mm-hmm. Look at Steve Nash, who's an ex-player who, you know, I'm not saying has an ego of his own, but like with now with what Jesse's talking about in the Kyrie Irving situation – and, and trying to keep that team together. Like you're saying with Pat Riley, those organizations all have a lot of things in common and it's championships yep. because I think they're able to, you know, get all those guys on the same page and buy in from a personality standpoint. And this organization, I don't think in a very long time has been able to do that. You know, I mean, even even beyond the Allen Iverson years of, you know, having, you know, we, we haven't had that. We have after AI, it was Iguodala. And after Iguodala, it was like Drew Holiday and like a couple of other like mishmash pieces. And then it was sucking. And now it's this. And yep. we don't really know how to handle big egos and stars in a, in a Sixers organization because we never had it. Yep. Well, we haven't had it in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, you know? what was the biggest thing? Barkley and, uh, Barkley and Irving? Like, that was probably the closest thing, right? Yeah, Barkley and Moses. And yeah, that's like, you can't really well say before like, our time. You can't really say like AI and Dikembe. No. Dikembe was sort of like tail end of his career. You know, they sort of tried to just build a, you know, the 2000s was sort of like trying to build a team around Allen Iverson, not so much like Let's get a big three. The big three stuff didn't really start till, you know, middle end of the 2000s. Also, I don't know if you guys are watching, but apparently there's a, the fire alarms are going off in the Milwaukee Bucks preseason game. So they just emptied out the entire stadium. Oh my God. They were just about to start the fourth quarter. You know, I saw, I saw they have a, they're giving them a 10% chance to, to repeat the, uh, the title this year. Hmm. 10%. 10% seems a little low. Yeah, I think I would put, a couple, be- put some scratch on that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, before we wrap up the, the Sixers thing, I mean, I, we just mentioned the Miami Heat. Do you think they're, they're going to make noise? Do you think they're for real? I mean, I've had them as my sleeper for the last couple seasons. I mean, I think Lowry makes them like instant contenders. I mean, it's definitely an upgrade over uh, Drogic. They still have a really good 
core. I mean, they have guys that can shoot the lights out of the place. Yeah. You know? I mean, they're always going to be, listen, they're always going to be in the conversation. I know that they had a down year last year, but they were coming off the finals, the bubble and all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, but they're always going to be with, with, like you said, with Pat Riley, I think Spolster's a good coach. I think they just needed to get another guy. And, you know, I, I, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, you know, are they going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know. I think there's better teams ahead of them, but I think they're better than the Sixers, um, to be quite honest with you, when you look at their team. Yeah, it's, it's, just, hard. it's just hard to, like, get I – mean, you know, ben, the Ben saga aside, it's just, it's just hard to get into – hard to get excited about the Sixers right now. It just really is. They're gonna have I, to. They're gonna have to really, you know, turn I mean, it shit, on I've, early. I'm I'm looking at their roster, Matt. I forgot they got PJ Tucker. Yep. They got Victor Oladipo. I know yep. he's always injured. They signed a Morris brother, who I've said in this podcast over and over again. At some point, the Sixers need a Morris brother on their team. <laughs> we got Andre Drummond. He's close. <laughs> he is close. He's his unless he changes his last name to Morris. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I, I think they're I think they're going to be players. I you know I think it's going to make make some noise too. Bill brought it up earlier. I think the Bulls aren't going to be bad. Yeah. I think Bulls are going to be pretty good. I wanted Lonzo. I wish we would have signed Lonzo. Honestly, I really wanted Lonzo. I know. I mean, we had Ben on, but Lonzo on this team would be such a great fit because he shoots the three and plays like Ben, but actually shoots the three. He's a poor man version of Ben, but he actually shoots. Do you think, Bill, though, after all of the the bullshit that's going on with Ben Simmons, that they want another issue? Lonzo being his dad being the now, issue. I, I don't think I don't think um Lavar is I think he's more barked than bite. I think he let Yeah, him. but this Philly media bill would have been at his doorstep no, I mean, looking for sound bites. I mean they would try to drum up stuff, but I think Lonzo and LaMelo especially proved to me that they handle their business on the court like pros. Like Lonzo, I was a Lonzo fan at UCLA, and then I kind of fell off him a little bit. But he was a Laker and then with the Pelicans. But I watched him, and he's really, like, honed his game down. Like, he's no fear on the offense. He'll rip a three to any given point. He goes to the rack. Doesn't finish great still, but he still goes hard. And he plays great defense, and he just has such a great handle. Like, he can just get through a defense like butter. I mean, it's, it's you know. And so I'm impressed with, and, and with, with how he's progressed. And I think LaMelo is a better version of him already. Yeah. Like, I wanted to not like this kid so much. And That's I just true. watched him play. And he's just such a sweet player to watch. Like, I hope the Bobcats build around him the right way. Because I think they could be a contender in two, three years if they got the right pieces with him. And he kind of grows because he just – he plays the game as I'd want a point guard to play it. He'll make the pass, but leave him open and he'll rip it. Like, he'll shoot. And that's all I want on my point guard. Like, make the extra pass. But if you're wide open, like, no hesitation. Pull it. Like, shoot the ball. Heat check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time, kid, but – yeah, I don't know. The Sixers definitely got to win my soul back because they sucked it out of me last season. They really did. 
they really just sucked all the interest in Philly sports in general for me for a few months. I mean, when, when they blew that playoff lead, it was just, it was demoralizing to me. Everyone (laughs) feels the same way. However, as soon as that trade happens, it'll be excitement. That, that's the thing. That's what happened. Hey, Matt, know what we need to do, Matt? Either that or, or they go 10-0 and 0 out of the, you know, right out of the gate. That'll be, that'll be exciting, too. We need to uh, make some T-shirts about it, Matt. That'll we be do. Good. We need to make some T-shirts. You know, those are how winners and good people do things. They make T-shirts. Yeah. Well, before, well, b- before we get to T-shirts and, and you know – Speaking of, of 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 disappointing season endings, you know, um, I think Jesse has a few things he would like to say about your fighting Phillies and how they how they rounded out their their season. I mean, yeah, the the Phillies went out with a giant wet fart. Like, <laughs> I I didn't want to get I didn't want to get invested in them again, even though they pulled me back in because. They pulled I, you back in like three quarters of the way through when they were like two or three games up. Well, I knew what was going to happen because the this team is so poorly run that that, that you know that this was inevitable. When you have to run bullpen games practically two times through you know through every one rotation of your your lineup your pitchers, you have to run almost two bullpen games. You're not going to go far and. You look at the amount of money that they pissed away this year on guys that just can't play baseball. That just can't play baseball. They, they've spent almost $40 million on number four and number five pitchers or dudes in the outfield that can't play. It, it, and, and out in relievers. Blows Especially my mind. the guy in right field. Yeah, I mean, I hate having <laughs> – and you know the irony in you talking shit right now is earlier you're like you know all you're, there are not many things you need to do in Philly to be you need to you need to play hard and not be a knucklehead and it's like he's describing <laughs> Ben Simmons to a T, and then the minute we get to baseball it's like I got to take a shot at at, uh, at 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 fucking Bryce, but I digress. I like I Ronald Torres. I, I like I don't Ronald Torres anyway, okay. I like Ronald Torres a lot. But like Torres isn't a rookie. He's been in the minors for like nine years. So, so it's like, and, and Joe Girardi, the, the, we all, everybody was so excited in Girardi. He, he didn't want to play any young players in New York and he comes here and he doesn't play any young players. And so we've, we've ruined Mickey Moniak. We're ruining Alec Bohm. We ruined Spencer Howard. We ruined, um, Reese Hoskins. Uh, Hoskins. We've ruined. Um, Did we trade Howard? Huh? We trade Spencer Howard. Yeah, he, we gave him away for that uh, closer that doesn't know how to throw fucking pitches anymore. Um, ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like Markel Fultz. You you look at our you look at our farm system and it's so fucking. We have ten years of this, so they finally come in and fire everybody. Thank God. And you know some of the baseball people are really high on on um, Don Mattingly's kid that I think they got out of the Padres organization. People are really high on him that they think this is a really smart hire. So maybe he can start to figure things out. But the that article in the, the Athletic that just came out the other day basically showing how fucking dysfunctional the Phillies still are. And they had – so they, they're working with the driveline people in the minors – 
to basically optimize swings and and get guys to be able to put the ball in play and make contact and you know do things that are necessarily necessary at the next level. So th- that's what these kids have been doing all through the minors, and then the minute they get to the majors, the pitching the hitting coach is like, no 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 no. I, I don't care what you did in the minors. I want you to do things this way. And then we wonder why there's this massive disconnect in, in our young players. So you hope that a new hitting coach and a new change in philosophy might be able to fix Alec Bohm before we uh, ship him out of town. Because I mean, the kid was runner up for rookie of the year last year. He was special last year and he looked lost at the plate this year. And it, it's an absolute indictment on the organization that that happened. So hopefully that these hirings and firings and everything can make a big, make an improvement. But honestly, I want, I want Dombrowski to fire everybody. I want every coach to be fired. I do not want Joe Girardi back next year. I don't think he's a good manager and you, you listen to him talk and he doesn't want to fucking be here either. So hopefully they can work something out where like, it's not you, it's me type thing. And they both part and we don't have to pay, you know, three managers next year. Cause I think they were still paying, um, fucking Gabe Kapler. That's so funny that you said that Jesse, cause that's exactly what I was just going to bring up. What? I, I find it remarkable how, when we talk about the Phillies year after year after year, it's like fire Gabe Kapler, fire Joe Girardi. It's always the co- fire Nick Sirianni fire Brett Brown. Why is it? Why is it never fire the fire the player? It's always well, fire the coach. Well, so at least with with the with what was going on with um with Gabe, he took analytics and he took all of that stuff too far, and there was nobody in the Phillies organization that was like, bro, 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 stop with this shit, like, stop. It's see ball, hit ball. You don't need to take it to the umpteenth degree. You can use it to help make informed decisions on on a on where you want to put guys for fielding positions, adjustments. How you want to attack a pitcher, but you don't need to make every single player change their hittings, their 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 swing path, and you don't need to make every pitcher change. And that's what Gabe was doing, and there was nobody here to be like, bro, knock the fuck off. So he gets fired. He goes to another organization that has a more a more structure around him, and the actual good parts of of Gabe Kapler, of his personality and the way he managed the team, were allowed to thrive. And all of the stuff that drove players nuts in Philly was removed or or kept at bay. You know, it's it's no secret. You look at you, so you remove. Kapler and Harper turns in Harper goes from a good player to a great player because they weren't fucking with his swing constantly. He just was able to go up and do his thing, which he's he's been doing since he was probably six years old. And it was Gabe Kapler that decided I need to change this. He was already, you know, rookie of the year and an MVP and all of these things, but we're going to change it. And so he was just going too far. And unfortunately, he had to lose his job to learn that to to be able to grow. Now, he probably would have been able to grow here 
But this organization is so inept and poorly run that, you know, they didn't even fire the old general manager. They still have him on as a fucking advisor to, you know, the Philly fanatic or something because they're too cheap to just tell him to fuck off. You know, so so it's like that's the that's the sort of thing that the Phillies have. And it, it just it's infuriating that it's been a decade and of, of just woeful baseball and it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. And it sucks. So, yeah, go Phils. I, I mean, listen, you know, my thoughts on the Phillies and, and their situation, but I mean, it, it's really hard to listen to people talk about organizations and firing coaches. The, so, when you, when you look at the San Francisco Giants roster from top to bottom and you look at the Phillies roster top to bottom and you look at the amount of money they're playing their players and you look at the amount of money that the Giants are playing their players and then you go, oh, all right, let's, let's take this coach and put him over here and this coach from another team put it here and you go, hmm, why is one winning 100 games and one barely getting 80? I mean – our players aren't good. They're getting paid a lot of money, but a lot of them aren't good. Like Didi, wow. Didi regressed a lot. Um, we didn't have a center fielder for most of the year. We had a platoon guy playing left most games. Kachum can't stay, stay healthy. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're, you're the only guy in your infield that's worth a damn is, is Gene Segura who has one year left on his deal and they're probably going to trade him. Your first baseman got hurt and he's out for the year. Your third baseman can barely play your second baseman. You know, it's like they've got really, they've got one elite pitcher, a really good catcher and the best right fielder in baseball. And that's all they've got. And, now, and, and then the giants have a really old catcher, you know, a, a really old, third baseman and you know so and and a lot a couple wash-ups but they all they all had good i mean it's it's really no different than i mean you look at half of that phillies roster from 08 and they were journeymen outside of the core half of that team were journeymen you need and it's you you look at the the eagles the the year they won the super bowl it was a collection of homegrown players and dudes sprinkled in that just mer- that meld- melded together and became, you know, a, a, a better – they were better together than they were the sum of their parts. As a, as a unit, they were great. But as individual players, you're like, I mean, that guy's nice and, and that guy's okay. But you put them together and, and you had something special that year. And maybe that's what's going on with the, the Giants now. Or, you know, if it because it's the baseball gods, the Giants will be the next best, the, the best team in the National League for the next six years because we have to suffer in this town. <laughs> well, speaking of suffering, we can we can pivot, <clears throat> pivot to the birds. The suffering continues. The yep. uh, that, that was an owie on uh, on Sunday. Um, lots of takeaway from it. Um, you know, again, I think there's, there's a lot of, you know, it, it all, it all depends on how you see the glass. 
You could see the glass half full with a lot of it. You could see the glass half empty. A job. Um, or you could see the glass just shattered on the ground. Or, or you could just be blind like some people on this podcast. Um, John, I mean, I, I tell you, like, you know, being blind is okay for you, and I'm trying to show you yeah, the light. Okay. Trying, John. I'm trying I, my best. I think I, I like I said before, I, I'm going to try my best to take the glass half full approach with this team this year. Um, I may be, I may come off, you know, at the end of the year, you know, sounding like a clown and a fool, but that's <laughs> cue the jackass music. Uh, but um. You know, I mean, if we look at this this past this loss, you know, on Sunday, um, the the one immediate thing that I've that I took away was, you know, Jalen had a pretty good game. Um, Jalen had a pretty good game, managed the game well. Um, were there things that you know he can improve? You know, obviously, um, you know, any quarterback can say that at the end of it, of any game, but. Um, I think if there's one one bright spot we can kind of, you know, hang our hat on is, you know, that Jalen, you know, after the after the complete mess on Monday night, he could have I think, Jesse, you said it earlier this, you know, he could have completely checked out and been a complete just train wreck for for not only this game, but the the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Mentally, um, it could have it could have damaged him, but you know it's 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 not it, it's how sometimes it's how you it's it's how you get back up, right? I mean, I'll go back to the boxing analogy that I used. You know, dude got smacked in the mouth, and he got he got knocked out <clears throat> on Monday night in front of uh, in front of the world, but he picked himself up and he tra- and he went back and trained for the next fight and. You know, he did better. He did better. Um, but um, I wish <laughs> I wish the rest of the, the, the pieces around around Jalen Hurts could have could say the same because there's a, a, a lot of issues in, in, in other areas and um, not just on not just on the defense, but on the offense. Um, you know, I think uh, our offense, you know, um, gave up three touchdowns due to penalties. Um, if we had those back, you know, we would have won the game. So it's, it's, it's things like that, that'll, that are just going to probably continue to drive us nuts this year and, and make, uh, and make this, make this season seem like it's two seasons long at times, you know what I mean? Because it's just going to be, it's going to be agonizing at times, but you know, um, Jalen played well. I'll just, I will, I will end there. Jalen played well. I also wonder how much of the season this year, especially for the Eagles, and I'm sure other teams have the same sort of mindset. Like, if your team didn't play, if your starters didn't play a lot in the preseason, are you just now starting to like get your wits of value? I know, like, listen, they're a good team. They're like the Cardinals, they're undefeated, right? I don't know how much Kyler Murray played in the preseason. Um, I know that they've spent a lot of money in the offseason and they're, they're undefeated. But is it is it now we're seeing these penalties and a lot of these uh, bonehead plays happening because 
we didn't play in preseason. And I'm not making an excuse for that, but it's, it makes you wonder like how much of that really is important. Cause I always feel like no matter what happens in the NFL season until the first three or four games is when you're like, all right, you're back in game ready, speed shape. Right. And now we're starting to see like a little bit more. I mean, to your point, like coming out of doubt, the Dallas game, this team could have just folded and, and just been a, been a disaster, but to be able to put up a fight against, yes, arguably one of the worst defenses, but, but this team, this Kansas city chiefs team is nothing to, to, you know, to write off. I mean, they've been in the super bowl the last two years. So they're, they're a good team um, to be able to be on the cusp of almost beating them. I'll take that as a win. Although we didn't win, I'll take that as a win because it could be a lot worse. I mean, you watched on Sunday night, you watched Tom Brady go against his old team and you probably would have chalked that up to like Tom Brady's going to whoop it, whoop this team's ass. And if it wasn't for maybe some rain and a better field goal kicker, I mean, Bill Belichick comes out on top. So it's any given Sunday, but I mean, I agree with Matt. Like I feel like Jalen, Jalen hurts played a really good game. Um, yeah. Did he not get it done? Did he not win? Sure. I, I think Jesse mentioned his post game presser. He was pretty humble about that. And he was like, listen, we didn't win. So it's something to be you know, happy about, but at the same token, like I think this season going back is, is this guy going to be the long-term solution to, to what the Eagles need at the quarterback position? And if he keeps playing, it keeps stacking games like this. Uh, I don't see how people can keep them. People can deny it. Um, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go ahead, Jess. I, I mean, absolutely. And, um, there's there's definitely a lot, right, to to build on. This Jalen looked great, by and large. Uh, Gainwell has shown some flashes. De- you you started you're starting to see something from from Devontae, who right now I think is trailing Deshaun Jackson for best year ever for a rookie wide receiver on the Eagles by I think a handful like 50, 50 60 yards. So like. He's have he's starting to to put it together and get a better connection with with Jalen, you know. So there, but there are things that that need to get worked on that need to get cleaned up. Like the the video we were watching, the the Eagles to be a functioning offense with our with, if you were going to live and die with these with these read with the read option and in RPOs, you absolutely need to start running the ball. Because if you're not running the ball, the defensive tackle or the linebacker or whoever it is, they're going to attack the mesh point every single play. And they're going to start blowing these plays up. And the only thing, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to get your, your quarterback hurt or your running back's going to get hurt in, in that. So, you know, that's something that they, that they need to, that, that Sirianni has to do better. And, you know, I'm tired of hearing about, um, how how they're this and how they're this, that and their locker room culture and everything else. They're walking all over this coach right now when it comes to carelessness and just penalties in general. They have 10 more penalties than the next highest penalized team. And, you know, you, I was breaking it down. So, granted, they only have two delay of game penalties, so that's great. But they have 
seven false starts. They have six offensive holdings. And you know probably every one of those was a first down that, that was pulled back. They have uh, Arthega Whiteside, that piece of shit bust. He's, he's responsible for the only um, OPI. That, set, that was six points. You know, we, we were offside once. We have three defensive holdings. We have four defensive pass interferences. We have a roughing the passer penalty that you will never guess who was responsible for that one. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, and then we have three unnecessary roughness penalties that I think Barnett was responsible. Oops, I gave it away. Who, who, who we're fucking talking about. But like, he's responsible for most of them. We have 44 penalties so far. So it it's like, if you're Jeffrey Lurie and you're you're sitting up in the owner's box and you're 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 saying, you know what, this is a learning year. We're going to see what we've got, and then next year we're this offseason we're going to attack free agency and we're going to attack the draft with this shitload of picks that we have, and th- that's what we're going to sell our fan base on, right? Right? Don't burn us down. Don't burn the stadium down. It's going to be different next year. And he's sitting there with all this going on in his head as he's watching his team be the highest penalized team in the league that's going to break the record at this point, their own pace, to break the record by almost 30 penalties over the Raiders that were the most penalized team, I think, like a decade ago. So he's watching that, right? And he's watching his team get run over in the middle of the field. And he's watching all of this stuff. And he's got to be thinking like, this isn't good, man. This isn't good. So there, there are a lot of things to be excited about, but like you, you start to, and you, I hope that they start to pull it together because if they don't, I have a feeling that Lori is going to get nervous at some point and, and fire somebody, be it Jonathan Gannon or be it uh, Sirianni. You know, I have a feeling that if they don't pull out of this, that somebody's going to get whacked. And a lot of people were really high on Jonathan Gannon when we hired him. And granted, our defense is atrocious. You know, we lose Brandon Graham and the whole thing falls the fuck apart. And by the way, um, our ex-safety is tearing the ball, tearing it up down in New, Eng- New, uh, New Orleans. Didn't need him. He was over the hill, couldn't play anymore. And, and he's playing great for the Saints. But that's neither here nor there. Like, so, and, that. and a lot of it is there's different philosophies now on defense. Before, Howie and Jim Schwartz didn't give two shits about linebackers. That's how we have guys like Alex Singletary and uh, Nate Gary playing linebacker for the Eagles. It didn't really matter. But now the formations that Jonathan Gannon wants to run, it does matter a lot. And we're getting smoked. I think I, I saw a stat that we're like the third worst run defense in the league, the third or fourth worst run defense. I mean, our pass defense isn't terrible. Like our secondary is, is holding it together for the most part. Our defensive line is, is hit or miss, but our linebackers are a huge problem. So I, I hope that they can at least start to continue to build off of this game, even though they lost, they should have been in it. It should have been closer if it wasn't for dumb penalties and taking points off the board. So I'm hoping they continue to build on this because if Lori does something dumb, like fire one of the coaches. Seeing a theme for this episode. Mid-season. Fire the coaches. I'm not saying fire the coaches. I'm really not. But 
if he does something dumb, it could it could have like a cascading effect of what happens next and then what happens next. Because let's say they fire Sirianni. What coach is going to want to come here? Because now this, now it's going to be you're not in tr- control of anything. You're a puppet to a GM, a GM who is bulletproof and an owner that doesn't know what he's doing. Right. That would be the it doesn't matter that you've got three first round picks. You're not going to be able to make any of them. So you hope that things can continue to move in the in the correct direction, because if they don't, it could get really bad. It could get really fucking ugly. And and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. And, you know, I hope the Eagles do well. Like, go birds. Like, I love the Eagles. So, like. I, I love know. the I love the typical Philly fan, like four games in listening to people talk about, you know, firing coach already. And oh, I, it's not, ridiculous. not not sure about the quarterback. And listen, the defense played like shit. If the defense if the defense played one or two better series, the, we're talking completely different about this team, completely different. And it, it's remarkable. It's like. If, if you go back and watch the game and you watch, yes, the penalties, imagine if those four penalties didn't happen and bang, we beat this team. It's like, oh my God, it'd be a revelation. You know, it's yep. like, oh, Jalen Hurts on the bounce back or the Cowboys game takes his team and get, it sticks it up Andy Reid's ass. You know, it would, it would be a totally different narrative, but that's what I mean. Like from, from our last episode, just preaching patience and like understanding that this team is young this team has holes. This team has a, a you know, a quote unquote rookie quarterback almost. And it's like, let's let's let it play out and let it see. We could be a lot. We could be in a lot worse scenarios. There are other teams out there, <coughs> Jacksonville, that could that could <laughs> be in, in just worse shape. So, you know, let's everyone just like not <laughs> get ready to push the red button and blow everything up. Let's have a little bit of patience. Let's speaking see how of, we react. Speaking of sticking it up people's asses, right, Justin? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> oh, oh I mean, boy. I mean, Sorry, I had to. It was just, nah, it was, it was just hanging there. I mean, Gannon, Gannon was a, a sought-after sought after defensive uh, coach. You know, he uh, – does he – is he uh, – am I getting nightmares of Jim Schwartz a little bit? Yes, I am. I, every time I see a third down and long play and it's, it's, you know, third and eight and we're nine yards off the receivers, I cringe. Um, seeing them gashed up the middle from a running back is, is a problem. I mean, for as much as everyone loves Alex Singleton and the amount of times he's around the ball and makes tackles, you know, is it Brandon Graham not being there that's part of the problem? I don't know. I mean, the bigger question is how are guys like Fletcher Cox and Ryan Kerrigan totaling zero stats in the first three or four games of the season? That to me is mind-boggling. Um, but and, and, and I have a lot of personal, not personal, but like I see things on social media, some of these guys, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like I, and I, and I shouldn't even bring that stuff up because it's, you're allowed to do what you want to do in your time. But like when you're not, when you're getting paid that kind of money and, and you're not showing up, we've got serious problems, you know, like 
I, I'm all about trading Fletcher Cox. I'm all about trading him. I don't care what people say. I get him out of here. Um, Darius Slay, I'm sick of hearing this guy talk. Get him out of here. And then that's where, like, I, I feel like I think differently from you guys a little bit, where, like, you guys want to fire coaches and GMs and stuff. I want to get rid of players. Like, I want to get rid of players. And we got rid of one problem player at the beginning of this offseason. I think now we need to start whittling through a couple of the other guys and getting their asses out of here. Cut some fat. Yeah. Bill's looking. Bill, what are you looking to cut? I I mean the, the I I've lost all my steam talking about the Sixers. <laughs> I don't have the energy to argue with John and point out where where he's wrong and so many things. But oh, go ahead. I'm here to listen. I mean, go ahead, tell me, give me one thing that I'm wrong about. Go ahead. You're saying blame the blame, you know we 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 want to blame the coaches and the GM for players for Cummings. Well, how about we've been putting up with Thatcher's bullshit for three years? He's still on his team. How about Darius hasn't lived up to what he's been for second year? He's on this team still. How about GMs get players out of here that don't fit our culture that we're trying to build, and we get people in here like we used to do with Joe Banner days. We got guys out before they went over the cliff. All we do now is sign guys over the fucking cliff, and I'm sold. He said that we're a young team. Are you kidding me? We're one of the most veteran teams in the league. Are you kidding me? Like We're a young team. Our O-line is all five years plus. Look at our O-line. Our D-line, five years plus, minus John Sweat. How, how old were the offensive linemen that played yesterday or Sunday? It's injuries because we have all old guys. Oh, well, okay. Well. So, so I, you know, saying that looked, that offensive line looked pretty good to me on Sunday, but God. saying a young team, saying a young, saying we're a young team, we have a young quarterback and that's a big part of it. We have young receivers. That's part of it. Yeah. Our, our, our entire talk- defense is veterans. Our entire defense is veterans, except for our bust of a safety and uh- Kayvon Wallace, who can't stay healthy. But boy, does he like to talk on Twitter about how good he is. So I mean, I'm not denying that the defense didn't play bad, but uh, our 80% of our 75% of our offense is young players. No. Okay. Dallas Goddard, fourth year. Miles Sanders, third year. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, third year. Zach Ertz, 57th year. That's – okay. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks. Right. Okay, so we're going to sit here and argue that, all right, the team isn't full of rookies, but it's got two – it's got three- and four-year players, and you don't consider them young. Saying, okay, fine. Yeah, you're saying give the be patient. This is a young team, and I'm saying no. Okay. This is a shit team with a few young players put in the positions to be prominent players, and we don't have young talent. And our old talent is old and hurt all the time. This is the third year in a row. We can't keep guys on the field healthy. And you keep saying, oh, we need to kill the players. Well, how about we don't put the same injury-prone players out there every year? Oh, wait, no, we have to because our GM paid them all at shitty times. But, hey, we're a young team because we got three or four young people on out of 22 starters. We have maybe four people less than three years' experience. Again, I, I – I was I'm sitting here talking about how you guys want to fire coaches and now you're saying now you want to fire I'm saying get rid of the players and now you're saying no we're saying get rid of the GM. No, what you're saying is why do you don't understand why Philly fans want to kill coaches and kill GMs early into the season and not blame the players as much 
And I'm saying it's their job to put players on the field. So if they're continuing to put Brandon Brooks out there, Lane Johnson out there, journeyman linebackers, journeyman safeties, I, I don't understand. I, no, nobody on the wide receiver position, nobody about you uh, uh, until you draft Devontae this year. And we're just been, just told, hey, we're going to figure well, what are you figuring out? What, what, what do you like, what, like? And it goes back to what I said before, where you claim that teams don't have it. it was, I don't know what our, I, I, I don't even know what our, our, our identity is trying to be. Oh, God. Our, our team is in such a bad place. We have nothing, John. Like, We're four games into the season. I don't understand. It's not like it's not like we're game twelve. We are four games into the what, season. What did we finish last year? Four and twelve. Exactly. What are we this year? On pace to be four and twelve. Four and twelve with a completely different quarterback, a completely different coaching staff, and I would argue probably. 30%, 40% different players starting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I- I'm sorry that I'm sorry that a team had to get rid of their hundred million dollar quarterback because he was a quote unquote bitch. Um, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that the, the coach got fired because his response to shitty defensive play was to h- promote from within again I'm sorry that um, I'm trying to think of another reason to be sorry. That um, we win football games because uh, we don't we don't feel that we don't feel a competent football team for another year. No sorries, John. Well, Just I mean, remember I, I, I don't know again, this goes back to my whole thing where like, yeah, we could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and suck for six, seven, eight years in a clip. And then all of a sudden hit lightning in a bottle for two or three years and then suck again for another nine years. Like that's why I don't understand about Philly fans is especially Eagles fans is yeah. Okay. It's very hard to win the NFL. It's very hard to win a Super Bowl. when you do. That's awesome. Right. It was, it was the best time when we won the Super Bowl, and we tried to do it again and again and again, and we didn't do it. And now we're rebuilding. So it's not like every year we're fucking Jacksonville. It's not like every year we're the Lions. We're every year we're trying to at least put together a team. And when I say trying to put together a team, it doesn't happen overnight, especially when you get rid of a hundred million dollar quarterback and get rid of your Super Bowl winning coach and you're, you know, and you get and you get rid of players here and there. Like it, it's gonna be patient. You have to be patient with it. And listen, at game 16 this year. If we're three and 13 and Jalen Hurts has 27 interceptions and Nick Sirianni can't call a red zone play and Jonathan Gaddon's getting fucking given up 30, 30 uh, points a clip on a game, like, okay, I'm with you. But we're four games into the season. Let, let's, let's realize what we have and what we don't have. We don't have a good defense. We do have a pretty good offense, though. Clean up the penalties. And we're two and two. I mean, it's not like we're getting blown out, you know, every game. Now nah, we'll be. We got blown out we'll... the last two weeks. Don't say we were close in Kansas City. We got a garbage touchdown with a minute to go. Otherwise, it's 42-23 at home. So don't say we were in that. We were in that. 
we were, were in that we were in that game till the fourth quarter. Absolutely, we were in that game. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I well, watched. I, well, I mean, I, I, okay. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess you're watching a different game than I'm watching because, if all intents and purposes, you go back and look at the tape. We, we leave we leave three touchdowns on the board. Do the math. You're right back in the game. So I, you know, any given Sunday, right? <sighs> I mean, if you if you're going to expect this team to go out and beat teams 56 to 14, you're I don't know what you're you know, I don't know what you're what you're trying to get. Like it's not going to happen. Like I I will say this though. If we if we keep leaving three touchdowns on the board that could make or break a win or a loss throughout this well, season, to Jesse's point, I think you're going to see someone's getting whacked because. Stuff like that, <clears throat> if that's not cleaned up, I mean that's that's coaching. That that's coaching. And number one. And he's a rookie coach. So yeah, you know, for you know, this isn't this isn't Brett I, I shouldn't use Brett Brown example, but this isn't Brett Brown, like or maybe it is. But I don't I'm not saying it's gonna be the head coach. But yeah, yeah, somebody could take but also the the other thing is if if this in absolutely implodes if this absolutely implodes i mean how does if you fire if you get to the point where like where where Lori's like i've got to get rid of sirianni this he he's not it he's got to go after one year the gm's got to go too because he helped he helped hire this guy and it's like this is his last year on his deal. So you can't have, or next year's last year on his deal. You can't have, uh, you know, the, the outgoing GM picking the last sets of players and everything on a lame duck year after you've just fired three coaches in a row, one of them who won you a Super Bowl. Like that's the other thing. Like it could be absolute bedlam. If it implodes, like everybody goes. I'm not saying that that would happen, but I I would bet I would bet a lot against that happening. I don't think it's going to happen either. I don't think no. it, no matter what we go one in sixteen, and I don't think they're going to fire well, seriously. Well, no, I don't think they're going to fire. Well, I I know everybody would want that. If I, they, no, they're going to fire somebody, but it's not going to be him. I don't. Here's the thing: I want to see improvement so that none of that happens. So speaking well, of, so speaking of improvement. Uh-huh. This Sunday, 1 p.m. in Carolina. Do we do we get back on track? No. Absolutely. I mean, the Carolina's not a good team. And and uh Christian McCaffrey's made a glass and he's already what? He's out again, right? Uh probably uh, I don't yeah, know. He, Did he come back this past week? No. no. Was he no, yeah. So yeah, I heard he's not even He's probably out. They're so probably like, looking at the Philly coming in, being like, you know what, we we arrest him one more week. Yeah, but here's the Thanks. thing: we, we have a, a terrible run defense and a good pass defense. Okay, Matt, I'm sorry, Jesse. Matt Rule says hopefully he can play against the Eagles. So oh, that's so. fucking problematic. Well, I'll still be banged up, so whatever. It's yeah, never. well, it doesn't matter. He's running at Alex Singletary. <laughs> Singletary. Well, Singletary. Matt Rule. Now, I could fucking truck this dude and and get through him. Oh boy, let's set that up. So I heard, I heard a, I heard a, I heard a yes, a very definitive no, um, 
from the my the lower right portion of my screen. They they should be able. Carolina is not as good as. Not, I mean, I, I I hope you don't think they're going to win this game. I, I say they <laughs> lose. I say they lose by a field goal. I think they win this game. I I honestly do. I they're not as good as as Dallas, and they're not as good as Kansas City. So I mean, one of those teams kicked our dick in, and the other we ha- we hung around with for three quarters. So like maybe we. Here's the thing. Jalen made a huge jump from. Dallas to Kansas City. If he makes another big jump, there's no Wait, reason here's he don't the, win this game. Jalen doesn't make an, a big jump and plays the way he did against Kansas City, and we they just lose. clean up the and we clean up the penalties. They still we could, win. We could win. I mean, but yeah, like Carolina's not this juggernaut of a team that that's an automatic W. Or it's an automatic W for them. I I think. I think the and I'm uh, an absolute homer, and I think they're always going to win. But I, th- they shouldn't lose to fucking Carolina. They well, really, the line the line's four and a half right now, and that's that tells you all you need to know. Like they they beat the Jets nineteen fourteen in week one. They beat the Saints twenty six seven in week two. Beat the Texans twenty four nine in week three. And last week, lost to the Cowboys 36-28. So, I mean, if you look at that, if you look at that um, schedule right there, really, really, um, really mind-blowing. Yeah, like the Jets are terrible. The, they well, they lost. beat. Well, they beat. They beat up on bad teams. I mean, that's what yeah. good teams should do, or at least halfway decent teams. I mean, the Saints don't have a quarterback. Yeah, Texans don't have a quarterback, and the Jets don't have a quarterback. Yeah, so like, Jets might have a quarterback. Uh, I, Zach Wilson just beat the Titans, uh, a Super Bowl contending team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say Jets don't have his quarterback. That that verdict is definitely still out. That was a big win on Sunday, bro. They were booing him out of the stadium two weeks ago. No, let's, he, let's not him after one week. And that's why you. And that's why you can't bury a guy. So hey, it's only four weeks. Hey, well, you know, it's only four games, a long season, you know, so it's, 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 it's a two way street. I just think the Carolina Panthers are where we hope to be in a year or two, realistically, having 10, 12 young studs that have to prove they can win, but have the talent to win. Now you got to go do it. And Carolina has been to pick it in the top 10 for the last four or five years. So they got guys on de- like, they got a defense that, yeah, they just lost Joe Horn. I mean, not Horn, uh, uh, yeah, Horn. Um, yeah, JC Horn, which is a big loss, but they got a D line. That's, that's for real. A lot of top 10, two top 10 picks in there. They got some linebackers. They got Shaq Barrett, one of the, probably the best line side linebacker in the NFL that like this Carolina defense. Yeah. They got torched by Dallas, but Dallas torches a lot of teams like Dallas, as, as a top five offense, and not that we're not, we can't score on Carolina, I just um, it's a road game, it's a tough game. You never know; turnovers can change it quickly. But I don't know. It goes back to what I was saying. It's not. I don't think it's me being negative Philly fan. Is uh, this team has to show me they know how to win? I don't think the Eagles know how to win right now. And until they kind of figure out, you know, yeah, what they're doing, I, I think Carolina probably wins by a touchdown. And I see this being like a 27-20 game. 
You know, that I think that we're probably going to be hanging around either way, but whether it's a turnover or we can't get a stop, you know, maybe we missed a field. Like, I just feel like this team, until they show me they can, we don't know how to win games yet. And I think Carolina is not, like, good yet, but they're on that uptick. And I think they have a good coach in Matt Rule. I think that's a huge advantage for them. Not shit on Sirianni. Just, I think, I think Carolina is in a better spot. So I think we'd have, we could beat them more. Not, they're not so unbeatable, but we'd have to play our A game to beat them. And we haven't done that since Atlanta, basically. So it's been, I mean, so, but I, if we were going for predictions, I pick Carolina 27 to 20. Yeah, I say it's going to be close. I say we we lose by a field goal, but it'll be close, and we'll have more we'll have more to, to come out of this game to show you know more building blocks, whether it be you know Jalen continuing you know to to show consistency, um, or you know the penalties get cleaned up. We just we just you know it's too little, too late uh, type of scenario. But um, yeah, I I, I think. I think we I think we lose, but it's close. It's closer than everyone thinks. Jesse, I think they win. That's the spirit. Yeah. God damn it, they're gonna win this game. All right, John. I think I think it'll be. Listen, I'm not gonna say any of the rest of the games, the 12 games we have left, that they're gonna be blowouts. But as long as this team. She has a little bit of heart, grit, clean some shit up. Um, a lot on defense. Like, I don't see why they can't beat the Panthers. Um, you, you talked to me the week after that. I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Bucks, but maybe they can. You know? uh, Any given said, Sunday, my friend. Any true. given Sunday. It's true. I mean, you know, extra, extra game this year. Don't we have an extra playoff spot? You know, I know that's too far of a of a reach, but you know, let's see if you can get it together, make a move. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Check us out on social media. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs down. Tell us we stink. Tell us we're good. Whatever. Just show some love. Jesse, take it away, my friend. Good words.